So welcome back to Nice to Meet You podcast. We're on episode 11 and today we've got special guest <laughs> Philip Craig from Oriate Church, pastor of Oriate Church in Portadown. So mate, thank you so much for coming down. Nice to be here. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> nice to be. I was at your church yesterday, um, came and seen you do your thing, preached the word, preached a good word about prayer, fasting. Uh-huh. So I was listening. Like, <laughs> and it was really, really good. Like, see the minute from parking the car to the service starting, coffee was good, service was good. Like, it was such a really good church. Like, I really did enjoy it. But before we get talking to your church, just for the viewers and people listening, just talk us a wee bit about your testimony how you became a pastor. Hmm. You're a young, good-looking lad, so why why you become a pastor? That's just the skin fade. There, <laughs> There's greys all over there. You just got a fresh fade there in that chair. <laughs> so just tell us a wee bit about your past, how you came to get to know Jesus, yeah. and then why you start a church. It's a great question. It's um, a bit loaded, but it's take your time. loaded. <laughs> we, could be here, we could be here all night. Um, yeah, I guess I, I would have to go back to when I was you know, 16, 17, um, young lad, love sports, love football, uh, all those parts of my life were going great. But, you know, I went, uh, I'd been brought up in church, but just didn't really connect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was around football guys all the time. Um, Changing rooms, hard place to be when you're ch- trying to love the Lord, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I, I guess I was hearing this message that Jesus died to save us, to bring mm-hmm. life, abundant life, great life. And it didn't really connect with me because I didn't see it. Yeah. I, I wasn't seeing it around me in places of worship. Didn't really, wasn't that convinced, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, and so it got it started a journey where I started to seek out um, God and expressions of Jesus and different churches. Um, but I, I would have said I had a personal connection mm-hmm. with God, maybe through some hardship, relationship hardship. Uh, I would say that that's when I began to pray yeah. and I really sensed that there was something in that mm-hmm. and it was actually, there was, it had wheels to bring me somewhere, yeah. find comfort in that. Uh, so that started in, uh, some sort of relationship I felt with God, um, which was personal and which was real, but then the church side of things was different. That was another side um, that I didn't connect with so much, but I found great friends there. Mm-hmm. So that was brilliant, you know, youth club, all that kind of stuff, playing football, sports, it was all good. Uh, fast forward, uh, went through university in Belfast, then went to England, um, and I had a lot of searching through that period yeah. where I really felt, you know, I maybe through prayer, through things like worship, I, I got a vision. Mm-hmm. I, I, made, I made a commitment to God to go this journey with him and receive Christ. But yeah, it was rough on the surface. You know, I was going through uni and <laughs> up and down and um, we certainly didn't. It's a young age to get saved, like, isn't it? Absolutely. And I've, we, been, we, I've been there myself, like getting saved in high school and it's it's definitely not the, the best time in your life, so to speak, maybe to get saved because there's so much pressure. And Yeah, well, I, I, I guess it's who, you, who are you with. Yeah, that's you true. Know, I think your friendship circle is key, but I'm also a social person. I love to be out and about and yeah. you know, at university with bars and clubs and Love being around people and mm-hmm. just trying to navigate that season yeah. was a tricky but enjoyable because I had great friends around me and we had a, we had a cracking time. Um, but I really, f- for whatever reason, about 17, 18 years old, I had this strong desire out of nowhere. I think some people in my life thought I would go on to be a footballer mm-hmm. or go on to full time. They maybe wanted that for me, but 
um, I just was more passionate about the church. Yeah. Even though I didn't really connect fully with it, mm -hmm. I, I felt that there was an issue. There, there was something in me wanted to see change or wanted to... S I felt God had something for me in that. Yeah. Um, from such a young age, it was weird for me because it didn't make sense. But anyhow, I, I, I traveled through life, 17, 18, 19, in Bedford at 21, um, or sorry, 20, um, exploring again, going down to Hillsong, London, different places. And um, I was trying to reach people in my class. Actually, mm -hmm. I'll tell you a story. I had brought I tried to connect some of the guys in my class to a church that was local in Bedford. And we went, and the one time they said yes, it was a night service. And I brought them, and these guys just were not interested, in, mm -hmm. as far as they knew, in God or church or anything like that. And the one night we went, the guy at the front decided he was going to do some sort of ministry time where he ran around the room. It's always the way. See, anytime what? you bring a, bring a guest to church, it's always the madness. <laughs> and I'm just like sitting with my hands in my head embarrassed. Uh, just thinking, what is this about? <laughs> like, I actually wanted to rugby tackle the guy who was doing this because it was just, for me, he was ruining it. Yeah. It, was a, it was a distraction to the message that I was yeah. hoping would be presented. So, uh, okay, <laughs> that just frustrated me even more so mm -hmm. and made me realize maybe there's a need. Maybe there's a need for, for some sort of, of expression of Jesus on the earth today that can reach friends like mine. Yeah. Because I, I couldn't, I felt, I felt it was hard to find. Yeah. And then fast forward again, um, I, I just qualified as a PE teacher um, in Bedford that year. And I was in a job interview and I really felt um, a sense that in the middle of the interview that I was supposed to go to a church that I had um, I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but a church that mm -hmm. I had experienced in Florida. I don't know, a summer camp in Florida. Uh -huh. And while I was at that camp, uh, the year before, there was a girl in the camp next door, and they heard that I was looking for a church, and they said, you need to go down to the church down the road. It's like a big party, but they actually mm -hmm. believe, and you know, they live it out. They actually yeah. live this Christianity thing out. And I was like, this could go well. Or I was like, having visions of... Could Bor go so wrong as well. Oh, I was having visions of Borat. You know, the Borat <laughs> yes, movie. Yeah. And he's going into all these kind of... movie. The acrobatic ministry team. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, we, so we ended up... I ended up going and it blew me away. It was as if what I had pictured was possible was right before me. And yeah. I just knew that summer I was supposed to be there. And uh, really felt God speak to me. I was taking pictures of everything in the church because I really felt one day... I would use it. Yeah. And then fast forward, and, and here we are today. We planted a church um, about four years ago. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, great timing with COVID. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's going great. Cannot complain. And it's a similar type church to the one um, that I seen when I was at the summer camp. That's mm -hmm. the kind of vision that I had but I'd never seen mm -hmm. until I went there. And, and that's what we're trying to do now. So That's cool. What makes your approach then different? What was so special about that church that you're now using it here? Because I know most people over here are used to, you know, pews, bells and smells. <laughs> you know, it looks like you're frozen in your seat and you can't move, you can't say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can't stand up. So why is your approach different then? Yeah, well, let me start off by saying our approach is, our approach is not the only way. Mm -hmm. We're not the best church yeah, uh, course, for everyone, yeah. but we're the best church for some people. Yeah. And I think that's important. We're not 
out here hating on every other church. No. Or <laughs> we're just trying to create some space for some people who maybe can't connect to your everyday church mm-hmm. um, that they've experienced. Um, well, I guess for me, when I go into any room, whether it be a church, whether it be the cinema, whether it be mm-hmm. a shopping center, uh, a barber's, I was at, just came into this barber's and thought, whoa. Yeah, you're blown away straight away. Yeah. Like, oh, the place looks sick. Yeah, I was like, this is, <laughs> this is, a, a, this is an incredible environment. Mm-hmm. Um, enjoyable, actually. So it would entice me to come. Yeah. So for no other re- be different. Yeah, for no other reason, yeah. apart from someone's actually put the effort in to be creative mm-hmm. and, and looked at it with a, an eye of excellence and all those little things um, that help. Yeah. And so I guess I'm just, we're just taking the similar kind of... <laughs> a few fans out there. A few fans out there. <laughs> Um, in the same way, we just want to have create an environment that would um, potentially make someone feel more comfortable, more yeah. valued. Um, because I know when I go into different environments, if I go to someone's house for dinner mm. or for lunch or whatever, and I'm coming in and the table's set, everything's prepared, they're not rushing around, it smells great, mm-hmm. then I'm like, right, they actually care. Yeah. They care about me. It's a better experience. Like, okay. it, well, it's just they actually seem to like that I'm here because mm-hmm. they've put a lot of effort in. They've yeah. prepared the place, and I feel valued. Mm-hmm. I feel like they might actually want to be friends or <laughs> build our relationship or yeah. whatever it is. And so I guess those principles—it's the same principle, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and so with the church, we just try to do our best in in every little detail. Try to have excellence um, mm. to the best of our ability. It's not perfection, but it's just doing the best with what we have. Yeah. And why? Because we love people, and people are a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess that's the heart. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say to people that are scared of religion? What would you say to people that got? Well, I guess it's trying to pinpoint why are you scared. Often it's an ex- <laughs> some sort of experience that you've <laughs> had. Time, yeah. Someone's freaked you out and. <clears throat> We tell people this all the time: is that um, you know cri- <laughs> Christians aren't weird, um, but people are weird, and sometimes weird people get saved and become a Christian. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, though. You know, I, I think Jesus connected with people. Yeah. He was on their level. He, he, you know, he knew how to meet their needs. Whether yeah. it was the woman at the well. Um, he met with all kinds of sinners, misfits, yeah. mishaps, messy, messy situations. He wasn't afraid of it, and he, he wasn't just afra- he just wasn't afraid of it. He was able to connect with it. Yeah. Even though he was in perfect, you know, he was able to live a perfect life, sinless life, but yet he still could connect with the the downcasts, the down and outs, the rejected people of society. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes as people, as ministers, as pastors, as priests, as whatever, your experiences of religion, um, we mess up mm-hmm. and we don't always get it right. We are human. But I, th- I was talking to a friend um, the, the other day um, just about how we've got to be careful, as, especially Christians or, or, or people who are following Christ, as we go to church, that we don't make the church God. Yeah, and, we don't, and we don't make the minister God or Jesus um, because people will offend us. People, people as my, I think as my dad or mom usually says this, the, um, the best of a man is a man at best. And, and that's it. Yeah, true word. <laughs> word there. <laughs> so don't let you know, you know, weird experiences, the failure of a man or a woman or a person mm-hmm. um, represent the whole story 
because um, it's richer than that, it's bigger yeah. than that. Um, it, it's got generation upon generation of of, of mm. history that's went beyond people and their their problems and ministers and their issues and whatever else. Yeah, I think that that is true, but because most people don't normally have an issue with Jesus, so to speak, but yeah. they, they know seven guys yeah. who just represent them in the worst way. A hundred percent. And to be honest, one of the first series we done as a church, as we're laying the foundations and the culture of who we are, mm-hmm. was called Unoffended. Teaching people from the get-go is that mm. one of the biggest problems with people in church that the, I believe the devil uses, um, yeah. if there's an evil force out there, it's causing people to get offended. Yeah. Over the silliest things. You know, I've heard, I remember somebody warning me, just be careful, you know, in leadership, uh, because there's churches that have actually split over the color of the carpet. Flat. You're just like, what? That is mad. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> just don't give that them the option. Someone enough. just pick the color and let's get, like, I, as a PE teacher, if I was to give all the kids an opportunity, the worst question I can ask the class is, what do you want to do? Yeah. Because it ends up in a, in a fight. Yeah, because they'll tell you. They'll tell you, yeah, and then yeah, there's yeah. a billion different opinions. Aye. And we actually end up, everyone's not happy at mm. the end of it. Whereas we just say, hey, we're going to play different sports throughout the year. This is the structure. This is the system. Yeah. Uh, do your best. You might not like the sport, but do your best. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to your sport later on in the year. Yeah. You no, know? That's true. Like, Because there is, obviously, the preachers in Belfast that, Shout the word. <laughs> I knew this would come up. <laughs> <laughs> They're famous slash infamous, I'm not sure. Like, but that's maybe a reason why people would be scared of religion and would hesitate okay. and hedge between like, flip, I don't want to go to church because at the minute I sin or like slip up, I'm for hell. Because that's what they, yeah. they, they are. They're preaching it in a way that it is like condemning a little bit. Where it's mm. like, yeah. Want to but what, why do they do that? Do you think? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> Listen, you know, do I believe some of those guys, you know, those guys mean well? I would say some of them believe what they're doing is correct and yeah. they're doing it with conviction. And honestly, it might even work for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen some people where that actually has worked. Uh, is it my chosen method of, of outreach? Probably not. Yeah. Um, I can understand why people would get disillusioned with that as mm-hmm. well. And, and frustrated and actually just annoyed yeah. as they're going to work. Um, uh, yeah, fair enough. And yeah, it, I, I'm always trying to go back to the scriptures. Like, what did we see in the scriptures? Mm-hmm. Um, as we've seen, you know, Peter preach and Jesus speak. And really, a lot of times, Jesus was healing people and giving something to them. Yeah. Um, and that was what was drawing attention. People mm-hmm. were following him. He wasn't having the nearly good... He was actually at times trying to get away from the crowd. Yeah. Because they were so attracted to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so when I see that, I'm just like... I love the idea when we go to reach people that we don't... We first go to give something. Mm-hmm. You know, we go to offer something rather than try to get them on to what we're doing or try to fear them into to salvation of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of, hey, let's would love an opportunity to love on you, mm. um, speak life into you, yeah. uh, I, I feed the 5,000, you know, let's mm. give you, I'll give you some pizza. <laughs> yeah, I, I just do something just to kind of show that, hey, we're not just here to ram a message uh, down your throat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We actually, 
I remember somebody actually saying this, that it's actually harder to do the long game than the short yeah. game. Because a long game, meaning relationally, means I have to be committed to you through mm -hmm. the, the good and the bad. Yeah. I have to listen I have to, to you. you. I have to spend money, get your coffee. Absolutely. Um, and there's, you know, there's something to be said for that too, rather Function. than just telling you, hey, you're going, you're going to hell and mm -hmm. you need to get saved. Bye-bye. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So could the church in general, then you think, could do better? Not that they represent the whole church. Like everybody represents church differently, I guess. But yep. church in general, couldn't they do more to reach people? Or what is, what is the way to do that? Well, well I, I think uh, for me, a healthy church... And, and what we're trying to, we're actually just about to run a course called the Alpha Course. I was speaking to you yeah, about that, that really beforehand. Be Starting actually this Sunday night. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know when this is airing, so I don't know how that'll That's work. in like two days. <laughs> two days, yeah. Uh, so this Sunday night, we're going to run an Alpha Course, which is an incredible course. Just asks mm -hmm. the hard questions. Yeah. Who is Jesus? Why did he die? You know, why does it matter? Why should I pay attention? Mm -hmm. And what we do there is just ask people to come in, listen. It doesn't matter your background, if you're Muslim, Hindu, atheist, agnostic, whatever your background, does not matter. This environment is set up as a, a neutral environment mm -hmm. to ask whatever hard questions. And, and we're not going to try and answer them all either. Mm -hmm. It's just, hey, listen, if God, if you're real, sh we're going to ask the hard questions. Guide us, yeah. show us. And last year we ran that for the first time and it was outrageous. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Um, people just saying things that you just wouldn't expect. Yeah. Um, and so how we do that is we set up as a restaurant, throw pizza at people, get around. People pizza make helps, like oh, pizza always <laughs> helps. Coffee, you know, yeah. just hang out and have fun. I'm tempted to come now. Just do it, mate. Get some do it. We're stuff. ready. We're ready for you. Um, and so you, there's all kinds of ways, and I think there's there's all kinds of ways you can be creative. But at the end of the day, it's got to always be down to caring for people mm -hmm. and and creating space for conversation. Yeah, and allowing people to be honest and mm -hmm. be real. None of this kind of fake, yeah, yeah. unauthentic stuff. Of just, course, that's no good. And I think because it's good about what you're doing as well with your church, like come as you are, and like yes. you're breaking that stigma down. Because I, whenever I woke up yesterday morning to go to your church, I was wearing pretty much the same outfit, <laughs> a different color of cargoes. Yeah, yeah. The same phone runners on, fluffy hoodie, and like my girlfriend looked at me and went, "You can't be wearing that at church." Yeah, and yeah. I was like, Girl, I've been to church loads. <laughs> like, I know how church rolls. Like, I actually do know Jesus. Like, I know I'm not walking with him 100% yeah. at the minute. Yeah, yeah, on a journey. But You're on a journey. I know this guy. Like, I still speak to him the whole time. That like, he knows that I can wear phone honors and I'll still get into heaven. Like, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, he ain't looking at what I'm wearing. Yeah, absolutely. But it was just a funny example to use because there is that stigma. Like, like the first, I couldn't believe that my good friend even said that to me. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh my God, check out your outfit before you leave the, yeah. the house to go to church. Yeah. I just think that's mad. And obviously that's come, as we look back through church history, mm -hmm. a lot of those things have come probably through good intention. Mm -hmm. You know, how traditions are formed or because maybe there is a, a, a good reason to do that at one point in, in one culture where yeah. there was maybe dishonor in yeah. the church and maybe like right we need to dress because uh, that helps us and it helps our heart to posture well mm -hmm. as we come into a place of worship as we come into a place to listen maybe in a culture that helped yeah but you know that probably is your best right now mm -hmm. you, you know some of the your most favorite clothing yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. so so it just looks different and, yeah. and i think that's an, a great example of how um 
the message stays the same, the methods change. Yeah, exactly. You know, our church yeah. certainly looks different, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, to maybe something that would have been 100 years ago. Yeah, of course. Because technology and different things have advanced. Uh, and I guess we're just trying to do the best. Because uh, when you look to the scriptures and the Bible, uh, you know, it doesn't give you a comprehensive plan of what a church should look like no. and what it should have. It's but a good thing, I think. Probably. It's great because yeah. it leaves room for creativity. Yeah. It leaves room for us to, hey, let's, let's think about this. Let's mm-hmm. dream about this. Let's... Uh, you know, even simple things like heating, coffee, room environment. Um, and the same as the street we're on, not one uh, size fits all. This barber is suited to certain types of people. If you like a skin fade, I'm sure it's a good place to be. <laughs> That's great. Great um, skin fade here. But also same with the restaurant. You know, not everybody likes the same restaurant. Mm-hmm. They offer different food, different environment, different space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess with churches in Northern Ireland especially, there's many different styles, different types, and not one size fits all, you know? Yeah. And how, how do you reach people then that's, that has been in that place where they've been burnt by church? And like, I feel like... <clears throat> Good question. You know, because they can probably do better, to be fair, because I'm sure if you went to a restaurant tonight yep. and you got food poisoning and you were sick, yeah. you wouldn't stop going to a restaurant. There you go. And it's the same for like people that have been to church, like myself, and... You may feel let down by a church yeah, or yeah. whatever it may be. So how do you reach people and how does, I guess, do they get a relationship with Jesus again? They don't really have to go to church, I guess. But, but I think that's a good point. I think we have to disconnect our relationship with Jesus with a, with a, with a building. Yeah. Like the church is not, the church is a gathering of people that believe in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and not just believe in a minister or a pastor or a priest or whatever. They believe in Christ, and so Christ has not changed. No. You know, yeah. and, and people, if you look at the New Testament, the amount of conflict and issues, mm-hmm. like by some of the, even the apostles, um, some of the people that read the Bible, they went through, you know, with the Jews and the Gentiles, and there was conflict there, there was tension, there was confusion. It's normal. <laughs> Yeah. And so I would just encourage people, what's your expectation? I believe your expectation needs to change. Mm-hmm. Um, why did you expect it to be perfect? Yeah. And I think that's where confusion comes in because we think if we praise and we worship a perfect God, mm-hmm. but sometimes with that mindset, we expect, you know, another example, um, young girl goes into church and thinks, right, because all the guys or at church here. <laughs> they're all good guys. <laughs> they're all good guys and they've all got it together and they're emotionally available and yeah. uh, and they don't have to learn any lessons. and Like, that's nonsense. Yeah, they're on a journey. They're on a journey yeah. and they will conti- continue to be on a journey. Mm-hmm. I remember somebody saying, um, only because you're inside a car garage doesn't make you a car. Yeah. You're just inside a car garage. Yeah. And only because you're inside a church doesn't mean... You're a believer. It doesn't mean you're healthy. You know, yeah. often, more, more than not, the church can be likened to a hospital too where we're, yeah. we're going and we're getting healed up and, we're, mm. and then we're going out and reaching other people who yeah. were like us and, and hurt the same way. So, yeah, I would just encourage people, um, be, be unoffendable. Yeah. Um, and how you do that is by keep your focus not on a person, not on a man. Mm. Uh, keep your focus on Christ who gives us commands actually to forgive that's a big one forgiveness like that's my and but i you know what i think 
in today's world where it's all about feelings, mm -hmm. forgiveness is hard because forgiveness means we have to bypass the feeling yeah. of hurt. Mm -hmm. It means we have to, to, to essentially feel the hurt and still make it a mature decision to forgive. Yeah. And I think that's really important for today's world because... Absolutely. Um, so hard to kiss the other cheek. And oh, well, it's as, I honestly believe it's as hard as we make it. Yeah. I think, of, of course, it's hard. Of course, we get hurt. Of course... Um, Forgiveness doesn't mean that relationship has to be reconciled. Yeah. But forgiveness is a command, and mm -hmm. there's a reason for that, because freedom comes yeah. through forgiveness. Yeah. Um, and I think when we don't do that, uh, <laughs> we get stuck. Yeah. Uh, and all we do is replay the past, replay mm -hmm. the wound. And then what happens is it takes up, I love this word, mental real estate in our mm -hmm. brain. It, it starts to build a house built on resentment, on, on unforgiveness, mm -hmm. and that's a bigger problem now because it's grown. Yeah. You know, so, so I think we got to take forgiveness serious. Of course. And I think when we take it serious, we protect and guard our heart. Mm -hmm. um, I love that scripture. It says, guard your heart above all else because the issues of life... Flow from the heart. They flow. Oh, all right, mm -hmm. preach it, brother. Man knows his word. <laughs> and you half the verse there. But, but, but the world would tell you, follow your heart. Yeah. And your heart is naturally in a decline position. So when it says incline your heart, you're, you're flipping the switch every time. Uh, but you can't go, like I can't go to church yesterday, incline my heart, and then that's me for 12 months. I can, oh, I, no, of course. The rest of 2023, I'm like this. Your faith leaks. Yeah. yeah it leaks. And I wish it was that way. I go to church once, and then <laughs> I don't need to go again. But unfortunately, every day, yeah. you need to essentially incline uh, your heart. Absolutely. To, be to the better things. And, and also to, to, you know, the rudder to steer the ship, it needs to be adjusted because we always veer towards um, our own ways, mm -hmm. but our own ways get us stuck. Our own ways causes problems. Our own ways create dysfunction. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. And I seen a message actually from Ferdick, which was really good, just talking on offense and unforgiveness. Mm. He said that offense creates offense. I thought it was so good. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. The way he visualized it as well was, uh -huh. was over something so petty, and this is how easy it is to get offended, uh, is yeah. that he used an example of a couple, mm -hmm. and they were newly married, and yeah. and the example was she, birthdays for the, for the wife was a big deal. Yeah. Like her dad used to make her pancakes every morning on her <laughs> birthday, and you know it was all about her that day. He bought her a dress, and they went out for dinner that night. But in the couple, they didn't have this conversation. Mm. The husband just wakes up on her birthday, doesn't make her pancakes, just gives her a kiss in the head and he goes to work. Yeah. That starts the offence. Yep. Because it was massive to her. Expectation. Not so good to him. Yep. That on that expectation and then it's a fence that you're building. You put one stick on the ground and that's when the devil's out. He's like, yeah, he didn't do that for me. He doesn't love me. And it drills up deeper and deeper and then you build the next fence and 100%. next thing you're fenced, fenced apart. Absolutely, and you're, and you're building barriers. Yeah. And I think that ties in with what the church is really there to do, is to build bridges. You know, mm -hmm. that, that's, a, that's a barrier, the, a yeah. fence. Um, and so I just love that sometimes our traditions, sometimes our, our, the way that we've always done it can create barriers at times mm -hmm. with people in relationships, uh, but God has actually called us to create bridges. Yeah. Uh, and so that 
things like clothing can be a barrier. Mm-hmm. You know, things like, uh, or offense, or whatever yeah, you want to call yeah. it. If people come to church, I'm going to burn up. Well, why? Who told <laughs> yeah, you? no, I heard who, that too. Who, who told you <laughs> that story that you're going to burn up? I haven't seen it yet. I've never seen it. No. Not yet, anyway. Oh, no. It's, and I think that's really important for people's approach when they think about church, religion, whatever yeah. that is. Because um, unfortunately, it is, it is a lot of people's first thoughts, as I use my good friend as an example. And, I, and partly that probably is the way we've preached at times. Yeah. As, as Christian churches, um, maybe it's come across more like um, using the fear factor mm-hmm. when really we, that gets in the way of seeing God's heart. Yeah. Of course. Of course, we have to acknowledge that there's we're not perfect and we're sinners, and of course, um, that's a problem. Yeah. Because uh, we all die, and, yeah. and where's the hope? But when we look down, when we look at God the Father, you know, He's up in heaven, He's looking down at us on earth, and He's thinking, "What? You know, these people are a mess. What? what? <laughs> he, but it's interesting. What did He send? He didn't look down and say, "Right, uh, they're not doing what they're, they're not being good." Mm. They're not being good boys and good girls. They're, they're not obeying the law. He didn't decide to send a policeman. No. You know, or he, d- he didn't look down and say, oh, the politics are a disaster. Stormont is done. <laughs> you, you know, but he didn't decide to send a politician. No. He didn't look down and, and just um, say, oh, their, their emotions are up the left. We need to send a counselor. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he decided that what we need as human beings is a savior. Yeah. Because there's something deeper than all of those topics, which are all important, mm-hmm. but something in us needs saving, mm-hmm. and uh, I find that really interesting. You know, that he didn't send a condemner; yeah, he sent a savior. So we, the message we should be really trying to paint clearly is that God's not here to condemn you, push you away, make you, you know, just focus on all the things which are wrong. Mm-hmm. He wants to bring a solution to the issue that the problem yeah. is there. So yeah, no, it's, it is a great message, like at heart. And obviously, you're a pastor. What is it like? How did you know you were supposed to be a pastor? <laughs> I think it's a mad, it's a, it's, it's a cool job, like. But yeah, I guess you have, like, you have to be obviously called by God to do it. I don't feel like anybody could just be a pastor. But did you feel like God speak to you directly in a way, or how did you know? I, that no, you, I would this say is for you? I was talking to some of our team recently about this. I think God speaks your language. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter where you're from yeah. uh, or how you think. Some people think in, in pictures, visions, audible, whatever. Um, at the end of the day, it's communication. Yeah. And, you know, if you speak Portuguese, God speaks Portuguese. Um, so I started to feel just when I was 17, really started to, I don't know, I started to get vision. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be honest, when I was 17, I got a vision of a guy that I knew of, but I never knew him. Okay. And I seen a picture of me standing in the back of a hall. And this is like foreign to me. I'd never had anything like this mm-hmm. before. It was, I don't know if it was in prayer or worship or what it was, but and I stand at the back of the hall with him. And it was the most random picture I've ever got. And I never really knew what it was until it happened. Yeah. And about five years later, I was standing at the back of a wall, uh, or sorry, at the back of a hall mm-hmm. with this guy. And I'd forgot about it for about five years and bang, just reminded me, this was the, this was the vision, the picture mm. that you'd seen. And some people call that prophetic, like a prophetic yeah. idea, just a, a 
confirmation that God's in this, um, which is really encouraging. So as I continue to journey with God, I started to get more of that. And my passion, just, I guess, passion. Mm-hmm. Some, uh, you know, when God, I learned that when God gives you a dream for your life, uh, that dream should always be about people mm-hmm. and helping people. And if the dream is just about building your name yeah. and not God's name, well then that's not a God dream, that's, that's your, your dream. Yeah. Um, but when it, God might build your name to build his name. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and so that really you know, made things clear for me because mm-hmm. I could then discern, right, is this just me trying to be important? Or is this God trying to speak to me and, and build something which is bigger than that? Yeah. And I think it's such a privilege to be a part of something so much bigger than yourself. But yeah, it was a journey. Yeah. You know, I just kept seeking, trying to learn, hey, what is church? How do we reach people? Uh, obviously, I went to univer- or went to college, Bible college in Florida, and learned a lot out there. <laughs> as I looked and watched and seen how different people had done things and got around other pastors. And, and then I just, I guess, had a deep sense that I was called to build yeah. church. Um, it's just very clear, like there was... Yeah, it just, it's just passion. Yeah. I figured out after a while, like <laughs> the only thing I really seem to care about at the minute is, is how church operates, how it works, and mm-hmm. how we can be more effective. Yeah. More so than anything else in my life, so it didn't make sense. And... And I guess I hear I am. Yeah, killing it, killing the game. Well, no, I, I don't know about that, but <laughs> I'm Look, there. Because calling is a, it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing in church. I think. Yeah. I could be wrong on this one, but yeah, I know from my experience at church anyway, it was like it was a mission to find your calling, and it was like yeah, I don't know. I just never felt God like really speak to me, like like audibly. Yeah. And like I think I don't know, maybe it was the expectation that was set or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. It was really hard for me at that at that age as well to like, what is actually my calling? Mm. And then I sort of figured it out. Like I went to New York, I done an internship there. Yeah. I, think I told you briefly about that. Yeah. With Pastor Bill Wilson and Metro World Child, which is a good ministry to be fair. And I guess stumbling into my calling, mm. I guess. I didn't really find yeah. it. I stumbled into it yeah. by just doing things. Mm. So just trying this, didn't work, didn't like it. Try this, didn't work, didn't like it. And yeah. Kept trying stuff. And I think New York I left my job, which was in engineering, mm. which I absolutely hated. Stuck in a factory, <laughs> mate. Yeah. Not speaking to nobody. Like, I was starved. Like, my soul was starved. Yeah, like, yeah. Just, life. Just didn't fit you. Yeah. <laughs> it just was not my thing. Yeah. And then being in New York, and I can remember, like, preach, like I was preaching the word. We were doing Sunday schools and stuff. And mm. there were some days, mate, I couldn't even bother doing it, but done it anyway. And, like, I wasn't even trying that hard. Mm. And people were like, you, you're, you're quite good at you're quite good at that. Like you, you were reaching people, you were connecting with people, and you, yeah. I was like, I was barely there. Like I can't even remember being there. Like my <laughs> head was maybe somewhere else, and yeah, I was physically yeah. there. But I guess I kind of stumbled into my calling, mm. and I feel like probably doing this, doing this podcast. Absolutely. I think your calling is just basically serving wherever you're at. Hundred percent. You, you're a pastor, but I, I do the same thing. It's just not a pastor. Yeah, absolutely. I, I serve the people. I serve the public. Through a podcast, through through my job, yeah. my work, hundred percent. So I feel like people have that stigma as well. But Colin, where it needs to be, it needs to be Instagram followers. It needs to be a microphone. It needs to be a stage. Of course, but it's not yeah. necessary like that at all. Hundred percent. No, no. I think you know, as you say, you can get caught up in all these words and mm-hmm. uh, and 
I think it's always good to strip things back to basics. You know, calling. It's, I can't, you know what ruined calling for me? Have you ever watched Manifest? Is that a Christian movie? No, it's a TV program. Oh, no, all right. It, <laughs> yeah, it was all about the calling. All oh, right, and, no. and it was kind of this weird voice, and they couldn't figure out what it was. And Anyhow, um, <laughs> that ruined it. That ruined it for me. <laughs> I'm trying to find a new word. Um, but yeah, I guess with calling, at the end of the day, what we're talking about calling is really probably purpose. Mm. Go, go, have you got a purpose for me on this earth? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'll make this point. I think there's a great point because two of the biggest questions we can ask on, on this earth, I believe, are why am I here and what for? Which is really tan in the calling. Um, in the last few years, we've talked a lot about science. Mm-hmm. You know, science this and the COVID. And we've, it seems like we've relied a lot on if we're not careful, we can start to think that it's just science. Mm-hmm. Um, but a good example I heard was about a kick. You know, a kick, if we're talking about a kick and kicks on the floor there, um, a kick, science can help us, help tell us when the kick was made and with what ingredients. So that's good, you know, that's great. It's good to have that information, but it can't tell us who created it, who's it for, and, and what was its purpose. You know, why did you... Only was, the creator can... Only the creator of the cake can tell us mm. who the cake was for and why it was made. And I think that's, a, that's an important analogy because it, it pieces the puzzle of life it's not, science is great, it's not in competition. Mm-hmm. It tells us, you know, fossils and how long this is. And, uh, and uh, there's a bit of faith in that too because they weren't there. Um, but mm-hmm. it's not the core question anyhow. It's not answering the core question, which is who am I and why am I here? Mm-hmm. And, and could it be that God actually has a purpose, a calling mm. um, for me? And I think when you strip that all back, what I've seen is your, your purpose in life is connected often more than not to really who you already are, yeah. your, your passions, your interests, even your hurt mm-hmm. uh, are often areas where you, where you find a passion. You know, if someone loses a loved one um, to cancer, you often find them raising money for that charity and that f- actually helps heal their heart, yeah. but also gives them a purpose and, and it's, it's interesting how that hurt actually creates energy and power and creative energy to build something mm. amazing. Yeah. You, you know, so I think there's multiple things. There's your gift, talents. Your talents will build your confidence. Mm-hmm. But your failures and your hurt will build your faith. Yeah. And build, you know, your identity of who am I really, mm-hmm. I believe. So, you know, you're calling... Uh, we all have it, but I think to find it, you ha- to find God's calling for your life, you start by just doing what He's already said. Yeah. Don't complicate it. Walk in His ways, and then He'll lead you to His will. Yeah. So I, I love that. That keeps it simple for me. <laughs> Definitely does. <laughs> While you say actually that, um, you know, the main, one of the main questions is why am I here? I mm. actually wrote 
I'll, I'll actually read it to you. Mm. I wrote a devotion for my, my old church like, way back. Like, must have been like three or four years ago now. Whoa. Um, I don't know why. Maybe they couldn't find enough people <laughs> in the church. <laughs> Doesn't to, matter. It was like a 31-day devotion for January, right? Class, yeah. Let me read it for you. Let's do it. I'll just give you the book. And it's actually the reason why I called the podcast Nice to Meet You, believe it or not. Whoa. So I wrote about this That's way class. before this was a thing, right? When you hear this. I'll not read the whole thing because it's quite long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the verse I, I chose was 1 Corinthians 5, verse uh-huh. 20. So we are therefore Christ's ambassadors and through God, as though God, sorry, were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Yeah. So that was my verse. And I went on to write, we all have a clear call in our lives as Christians and it's to reconcile a broken generation, to reconcile a broke culture and let people know that they need to meet the living God. Amen. What you may have heard doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you've had a hundred bad experiences. I would like to introduce you to who Jesus is. So that's kind of similar to what we were talking about there. And I actually wrote, the most popular question on Google is, why am I here? Followed by, is Tupac really dead? <laughs> Shout out to the man, he's up there. <laughs> and basically I went on to write that if you ever wondered why you were here on this planet, Paul did tell us in the verse above that we're God's ambassador, God's commercial, mm. we're God's representation. Yeah. And it doesn't matter about what sphere you do it in. Like mm. You do it as a pastor, but I do it as... Absolutely. I did do it as a Starbucks barista. I do it as a podcaster now, yeah. slash TikToker, slash whatever. And I finish my devotion with this. Today you can bring heaven down to wherever you are so that someone can meet your God and walk away saying, nice to meet you. Ah, oh, very good. That's how I ended that. And my friend actually texts me before I started doing my content and stuff. Uh-huh. He's just like, me. I'm in my job. I'm stuck in an office. I'm fried out. Why are we here? <laughs> and I found that book that morning. And I, I sent him a screenshot. Of that. I was like, mate, I wrote this like, whenever I went to church. Like, this literally just answers your question why Love we're it. here. And that spurred us on and, uh, to do what we want to do and spurred me on to do what I wanted to Whoa. do and what I love, which was making content communicating a message incredible through a tiktok through a podcast and then i went what do i name it and then i looked at the end of that nice to meet you imagine people walked away from a conversation you had and they went that was actually so nice to meet you whoa but what i love about that is man can preach what you're saying oh (laughs) no what i love about that is there's life in it yeah you know it's i think that's one of the biggest barriers for people when they think about god religion whatever do you see life? Because there's life in it. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He didn't come to kill us. He didn't come to discourage us. He didn't come to condemn us. He came to bring life, creativity. All of those things should be in operation uh, within a believer. And that's incredible as a devotion that you've wrote that. And here we are. I know. Um, but why? Because We would li- never have met if I had not read, exactly. that, read that, wrote that. Act on it. You created something out of nothing. Yeah. And, and that sounds familiar. That's mad. That sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> we'll end up then on who, who adds Jesus to you and what would you say to people? How would you kind of describe Jesus to people who have never met him? Not, maybe, not necessarily interested in meeting him. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe are interested, but who, who is Jesus to you and what has he done for you and how would you kind of describe him to people? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, I guess I don't want to just... I know it differs for every person, doesn't it? But... No, well, I think obviously there's... The Bible says in John 4, I think it is, that 
Jesus was the word that became flesh. So there's obviously two elements to this. There's, there's the information that I have regarding who Jesus is that is written. Because the word brings life. The word is a, King David said that the word is a, a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Mm. Hope I've got that the right way around. Um, <laughs> the comments will correct you. Like yeah, no, no doubt. Someone's <laughs> going to look it up. Um, and so Jesus, I, I see all throughout history, Jesus' fingerprint seems to be there. You know, we think about Ronaldo. We think about Messi. You've done that challenge. Who's the, who's the <laughs> who's goat? Who's the goat? And in reality, how, how many followers does Ronaldo have? A few hundred million? Yeah. Um, 500 million? 600. 500 million is going up or whatever. Yeah, crazy. whole bunch more now. Yeah. Um, question in, in five, six generations, will people even know who he is? Yeah. You know, in reality, well, let's say 10. Yeah. I would argue there's going to be a lot less people know him then. Yeah. Um, but here we are sitting and Jesus is still arguably, actually the Times Magazine said that he's arguably the most famous man that ever lived. And he's still famous. And the Bible is still the most uh, sought after book. Why? Most stole book as well. Most stole book in the world. Most sought after book. It's bought every second of every minute of every day. More than Harry Potter, more (laughs) than Lord of the Rings, more than Da Vinci Code, all put together in the last few years. So when you, you start to start there and you start to look at the the critical um analysis that's done with historical documents that the bible is the top of the pile um or sorry the textual criticism it's top of the pile which means basically it's accuracy mm-hmm. um so that's the kind of theoretical side of it of like right i'm interested um but then i guess where i started with jesus was really I'm going to environments where they're preaching about Jesus, they're worshiping Jesus, and then I encounter Jesus yeah. as something which is alive in me. As I pray, I'm starting to feel and sense that there's some sort of communication. I'm, I'm getting some feedback, mm-hmm. and then I'm starting to take risks and, and that, on that feedback, and it's growing. Um, and so what, you know, relationships starting to form, and I'm starting to look at Jesus' ways and I'm obeying them and it's producing good fruit in my life. It's, it's helped me to, to move forward. It's given me life. Yeah. Um, it's also dealing with my sin. You know, the guilt and the shame that I've carried, I've been able to put that on the cross mm-hmm. and get freedom from that, um, which allows me to live even more. Mm-hmm. Um, my soul's free. Uh, I'm not... It's weird how subconsciously, I know in the past I've made decisions out of guilt, but I didn't know it until I look back. And so, so Jesus is obviously first and foremost, he's my savior. He gives me a promise of eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Jesus is my life source. Um, he's a person that I go to every day in, in simple devotion, just in simple prayer. And when I have a problem, um, I, can, I can pray to Jesus, mm-hmm. and I can, I can sense what God is. Te- For instance, I'll give you a practical example. I'm just married a few years, and who knows when you, you get married? Some of you'll know this, uh, or in a relationship of any kind, sometimes there's friction. Mm-hmm. Me and my wife have decided: anytime we get we butt heads, we get stubborn, we fight, because it's good to fight, by the way. Mm-hmm. 
a healthy relationship <laughs> looks like healthy fighting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when we can't move forward, what we've decided to do is you go pray. I'll go pray. Because honestly, if we keep at each other, we're not getting anywhere. Yeah. No one wants to give in. Yeah. Because we're afraid of getting te- taken advantage of. Yeah. And there's ego layers as well. Ego's kicking know, up. The all thing. the uh-huh. pride's kicking up. Yeah. And so we actually have decided now, anytime that happens, right, we're not getting anywhere. You go pray. I go pray. And honestly, 100% record. Mm. We've come back and solved it straight away as we've humbled ourselves. Because it's easier to hear from someone like Jesus. Yeah than it is to hear just from another person who you're nearly competing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's brought great blessing to our relationship. It's helped us in the day-to-day. Yeah. It's also given us a structure. Jesus has given us a structure for how to live, um, boundaries for life, ways to live. Uh, and also the component of God, uh, you know, God has allowed us to dream yeah. through the person of Jesus um, to make impact on, on this earth um, that lasts forever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jesus is essentially a relationship that that is foundational to who I am, mm-hmm. and and keeps me free, and gives me purpose. Yeah, it's, it's a huge faith step for someone to, to come at their life of Jesus as well, because they they might not necessarily even like believe the Bible's real. Yes, as well because Bible's written by man, and yes. man, man is flawed. Absolutely, and it it's how would you respond to someone that has would it even would start there before even Jesus would be like, well, how do you even know? Great question. There's books of the Bible that are missing apparently. Yeah. And I'm sure if men men are flawed, of course, we're not perfect. And you would be tempted to put your own ideas in that book. Yeah, absolutely. How you believe yeah. things should be. So what would you respond to that? Because it's a huge faith step to believe. Well, that, I, th- I think obviously it? Jesus is a, a great place to start. Mm-hmm. And if you believe, decide to say, right, Jesus... Because you know, this is why the Alpha Course is so good because mm-hmm. it goes through all this. Yeah, you know, asking questions. Well, why should I believe Jesus was a savior when people just said he was a man? You know, the yeah. the Jewish religion um, believed Jesus was a was a, a prophet. Uh, Muslims believe Jesus was a good prophet. Yeah, but the problem with that narrative is that Jesus never believed he was a good prophet. Mm-hmm. He actually seen himself as the savior. He says, "Come to me, all mm. who are." He- you know, who are heavy laden. Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. He was always pointing to himself. So either Jesus is Lord, he's a lunatic, or he's a liar. And Bono even said, he <laughs> says, it's, it's very hard to believe the narrative that Jesus was a lunatic when he's helped billions of people across the earth and he's been an example of, of goodwill, an example of sacrifice, an example. You know, it's very hard to think that that man was a lunatic. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, obviously the Bible written by man. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, yeah. gotcha. Yes. So, start with Jesus. If you can get past Jesus, then the next qu- question would be, right, I believe in Jesus. Yeah. It seems that he was supernatural. It seems that yeah. um, I believe that he was the savior well if you're past that well jesus submitted himself to the word yeah so if he can do it if jesus quoted the bible mm-hmm. jesus quoted the scriptures jesus quoted uh you know when he was in the desert um and he was fast and he was tempted by this the devil uh, he says he quoted scripture man does not live by bread alone yeah and so he's giving 
value to scripture, even though he didn't necessarily write it himself yeah. in, in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he, he was adamant the same way we would be is that all, all scripture is God breathed and yeah. useful for, for um, you know, correcting for guidance and everything else. It says in, in Timothy, I think that is. Mm-hmm. So I think when you throw the Bible out and you throw the scriptures out, then things get very confusing. And I think, that, yes, there's some things that if we were God, uh, that may be happening in the Old Testament, which are confusing, that we wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about, uh, what do you call your man, Don Ace Ventura, he played God. What is it? Evan Almighty? Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know. There's things that if we were it's God... It's a good movie, to be fair. I like exa- oh, it's class. Yeah. There's things that if we were in God's position, we would do differently, but then we might learn a lesson that maybe we'd, we're not as smart as we think yeah. we are. Or Jim Carrey's movie. Jim Carrey. Where he becomes God and he's like, this is... That's the one I'm this talking This is about. awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's, what you're that's what I'm talking about. Is it Evan Almighty? Um, no, that's the other one where he builds the ark. Isn't okay, it? sorry. I'm, I'm, I can't remember Jim Carrey's movie one, but I know what you exactly... I yeah, can't remember yeah. the title, sorry, but I know... So, what. I just think once... If you go into the line of picking and choosing, well historically why now you know especially when you get to so an example of who we are and what we're trying to do as a church is if you look at church the church lineage or the church history and you go back 2000 years to when you know bc eddie when jesus died and then you got after um before christ after christ yeah um history is built upon it you know it's a serious statement right there but the most, it's like anything, the prototype, the purest form of anything is usually at the beginning. Yeah. You, you know, and so in the same way, there's a, there, there's a principle within the Bible, which is called the first mention principle. If you want to find the purest form of maybe what a word means, or you go to the first time it was mentioned. So in the same way, how do we find out what the church is, what it should be? is we go back to the beginning, the early church, and let's try and stick to that. Yeah. But here we are 2,000 years on. The churches went up to about 1,000 years, and then the, the Roman Catholic Church split off, mm-hmm. and the Orthodox, which what we'd know as today, stayed on that line, and the, the Catholic Church split off. And then the Protestant Reformation came, I think it's 1517, after that, out of the Catholic Church. Um, and so there's a lot of stuff going on between... <laughs> zero to now mm-hmm. and so i think the but a part of that was the nissing creed which is where the you know, the scholars came together and the basics yeah. of of you know the basic the basics of the message of the gospel were formed then and so when when somebody starts i think it was in the early few hundred year you know year 300 of the third century um once you start messing with that then that becomes a problem yeah you know, it's like, where do you go from there? Yeah. And so I'm like, I think as long as we got the core message, keep the main thing the main thing, there'll always be minor doctrines that people uh, argue over. Yeah, And of course. B- b- I know for us as a church, we keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah, keep uh, it simple. Like. Keep it simple. Yeah. Uh, you know, Because otherwise, you, as you say, you lose people there, don't well, you? Well, we get caught up yeah. talking about stuff that maybe won't really matter in the end. Yeah. And and so let's let's focus on what matters, the main things. And yeah, you might have a, 
a view. Some people argue over the view of when you know when is Christ coming back because there's a promise in Scripture that he yeah. will he will return. Yeah. When that will be, how that will look. Yeah, Everyone's they say got, before the rapture or before the seven years, and then people think yeah. it's three and a half years end. And yeah, then there's yeah. People think at the end because Jesus suffered, so we have to suffer. And then that there's a whole. And then there's people think. <laughs> and then there's people think they know the date, even though Scripture tells us we won't know. So, yeah. you know, it's the rapture bus stop people are crazy. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> just like guys, just keep, keep the main thing. The main thing, keep focusing on yeah. loving God, loving people, reaching people, delivering the message in the best way you can, yeah. and. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I think there's yet again Alpha is a great place to have those discussions mm -hmm. and iron some of those things out. But of course, it is. there's only so much we'll ever know. Yeah, and uh, you know, the Bible does tell a story from start to finish. Yeah, uh, and of course, there's things in between that we don't all know the answers to. And well, that's faith, isn't it? We don't know. Well, it, that's faith. It's, well. I think it's important not to just have a blind faith either. Mm -hmm. And I, I think. Because, you know, it's like I could just say I believe in that tree. That's God yeah, over there. That's and, spiritual. Like, oh, faith for it. Oh, well, that's, you're kind of you're crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> I've lost respect for you. <laughs> Whereas at least the this, this scripture, there's historical evidence. There's, uh, Jesus wasn't just a random figure that we ma people made up. He, all the three major religions of the world all uh, confirm that he existed. And so, so the question is, what do you intellectually do with that? Do you just yeah. ignore it, pretend it didn't happen? Uh, we all have responsibility. Uh, you can ignore it if you want, but then there's yeah. potential consequences with that. Uh, and so I think uh, Jesus at least deserves the question of who, who was he and what part did he play? Or you can put your head in the sand. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Because a lot of people are just spiritual and because it, they are so hung up on maybe a certain thing. And so, so question to you. Um, when we were talking the last time I'm that, we, interviewed now. that we met, <laughs> switched this thing around. I'm used to interviewing. Yeah, no, I know. Um, this is what we both do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you'd say, I find this really interesting because it was part of the reason I wanted to meet with you was like, what's going on in the next generation? You know, the, the teens and the 20s. And you were saying that a lot of people in today's, you know, in, in Northern Ireland at least, maybe yeah. worldwide, they would all identify as spiritual. 100%. So talk to me about like I'm really interested about that because it's interesting. It's weird if you're not. If you go on a date, if you're single, you go on a date, and the other person isn't spiritual, you're you're just like you're boring. Like like you don't believe in a higher power, even if it's just vibes. Even if you're just spiritual and vibes, spiritual vibes. Ah, like that at the least, you have to come with that at least. Do you know what I mean? Because so, then at least you believe there's a higher power of some sort that you can gravitate to. Where, where, where do you think that comes from? Do you think that's because people aren't going to church no more and maybe they were brought up in church yeah, like a I lot think, of people in Northern Ireland? Yeah, maybe maybe growing up in church and having some sort of like spiritual foundation. And that's their substitute for it? But it's a substitute and it's easier because then there's no barriers. And there's, there's no, no boundaries borders. and there's do whatever. I can have sex before marriage if I want. Yes, And the yes, universe yes. is still going to give me good vibes. Right, yes. Do you know what I mean? Because uh -huh, uh -huh. with Jesus and with Christianity and with religion, any religion... Um, it has barriers and, yeah, yeah. And, and borders to be within and parameters. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, from a Christian point of view, looking at it as a safe thing, it's, it's a good thing, it's a God thing. But from a non-Christian point of view, and maybe people that are spiritual, it's, it's just a barrier that's holding them back in life. And I see, guess that would be my answer to see, why what people that trigger, spiritual. What that triggers in me is the idea of people being bound by something oppressive that is kind of... Like, 
discouraged them, mm-hmm. held them back, and now they want freedom. But yeah. they still want the good part, which is the spirituality. But it also, it's the thoughts I used to have when I thought about freedom. I thought freedom looked like do what you want, go, be in a field. You preached this yesterday. I did, yeah. And I think it's really important because <laughs> it speaks to the generation that we're in. And what I've experienced personally is sometimes I think the best for me is to do what I want when I want. But that it's, isn't freedom. But it's not actually true freedom. And it actually doesn't build my life. It doesn't actually help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we give the example of obviously the, the road scenario. Because you yep. think about it as human beings. If it was all about that kind of freedom, like a space where we can just go where we want, do what we want, why do we build road systems? Why, why do we want to create structures? Why do we, like, if you even want to build TikTok, you've got to build a system. Mm-hmm. And there's got to be a, a comment section. There's got to be a like section. You know, there's, it's formed. Mm-hmm. Create, creating something which is functional needs a formation. Your body, there's bones. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, body, go where you want, <laughs> do what you want, you're a blob on the floor. It's, it's, there's structure, there's bones and there's breath. And I think if we're not careful, we fall, in, we fall into this thing that doesn't work. It might work and be exciting for the idea for a while, yeah. but it's not functional. It's yeah. just, I, I give the example of, of try that in school. You know, that, that mindset of freedom or spirituality or whatever, you know, no structure, no boundaries. Try, hey, kids today, <laughs> assembly. We don't even have structure because there's no assembly because there's no structure, but say we're in assembly hall. Hey, today we're going to try something new. There's no bell. There's no teachers. There's no curriculum. We're just going to trust and hope for the best that you're going to learn maths, English, <laughs> science. And by two years' time, you're going to come out of here with GCSEs. Um, just going to hope for the best and just believe in spirituality. Believe in uh, freedom. Mm. And in reality, it doesn't work. Yeah. It causes chaos, dysfunction. It causes... Um, a lot of issues, and actually no results. So, so I just think that's really important, yeah. that actually freedom looks more like a road system where you stay on the path and stay in your lane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stay in your lane, that's, a, your that's a big one. Stay There's in no your lane. no traffic in your own lane. Like. Stay, well, yeah, stay in your lane. <laughs> but, but in today's world, I feel like it would be like uh, I'm swerving in and outside of the, the lines on the hard shoulder going down the motorway M1. And the officer pulls me over, like, son, what are you doing? Um, well, officer, <laughs> what's wrong? <laughs> well, you're weaving in and out of the lines, and you're going 90 mile an hour, and you're, you know, you're doing handbrake turns and whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Ah, but that suits my personality, officer. You know, that's just who I am. That's how I identify as whatever I want. Um, I think what that's going to do is just going to get you straight you know, sent straight to jail. Yeah. Because it's because it's not functional. Yeah. It's freedom's not just for, for me, it's for everyone, it's the person I'm in a relationship with. Yeah. It's for my wife, it's for friends and, and so there has to be some sort of boundaries. Toxic relationship looks like no boundaries. Yeah. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. Sorry, I had to get that off my <laughs> chest there. No, that's a great place to end and it was a really good point. That you made there, and again, that was kind of from the message you were preaching yesterday. Yes, yes, which, yeah. is, which is great. And if you want to check out the church, it's called R8 Church, based in Portadown. Make sure you check it out. Alpha Course starts Sunday. You get Let's go as well. Dominoes. And you can wear whatever you want, so don't feel like you, you need to dress up. 
<laughs> you can wear Adidas if you want. Absolutely. The three stripes represent the Trinity. <laughs> the Trinity. <laughs> but there's only one way to really end the pod. Is say a quick prayer for us. No problem. And that's the only way to end this pod. Let's like, do it. Let's do it. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> God, we just pray and thank you for nice to meet you. Yes, sir. And uh, I thank you for Stefan, and I, I thank you for all the listeners. I just pray, Father, you would help them to see who they are and why they're here on this earth. Uh, I pray you speak to them and help them and help them to see that there's more in them than they think and that you actually do love them as a father and have a great purpose for them on this earth. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe if you aren't ready. Follow, like, everything. Check out Ori at church as well. Thank you so much.